are Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, February 5th. Our Bruins are back in action tonight in Philadelphia to take on the Flyers after Wednesday's thrilling comeback. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Rachel and Danielle from Locked On Flyers, where we look back at the game the other night and preview tonight's game as well. And we also make plans to chat prior to the outdoor game that's scheduled for a couple weeks from now. Before we get to that, let me remind you that the podcast is widely available, so if you haven't hit subscribe on your podcast app of choice, please do so right now. Search up Locked On Boston Bruins. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated especially you Apple users. If you're on social media, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter and Locked On Bruins on Instagram. You can find me, my hockey tweets, and dad jokes at Ian C. McLaren on both platforms. Now, like I mentioned, joined today by Rachel and Danielle of Locked On Flyers. In our conversation, uh, we chatted about any lineup changes for tonight. I'm not seeing any for the Bruins as of yet, but it appears as though Brian Elliott will get the start in net over Carter Hart for the Flyers. So that's something to keep an eye on. Carter Hart was very strong in the game the other night, uh, but he's getting the night off in favor of Brian Elliott, who is and 3-0 in four starts this season with a 9.32 save percentage. So... Pretty good numbers for the veteran netminder so far this season. Please excuse the yelling in the background. It is the last day of virtual learning up here in southern Ontario. So hopefully that will be uh, gone for next week's podcasts. The Bruins are scheduled to have their morning skate here Friday at 11 o'clock. We'll see if there are any lineup changes. Perhaps Carson Kuhlman coming back in the lineup in favor of Anton Bleed. The Providence Bruins begin their season this afternoon, and I believe Yerho Vakaninen was assigned down there, according to Mark Diver, who you should all be following for Providence Bruins news. And I don't see anything about Zach Sinitian being recalled, so don't think we'll have too many lineup changes for today's game against the Flyers. Now, since I did have this chat with Rachel and Danielle, Let's kind of turn things around and we will touch on some news and notes from around the NHL to begin the podcast. The big news yesterday was more COVID-related pauses and protocols being put in place. The Colorado Avalanche have had their games postponed until February 11th after team captain Gabe Landeskog was added to the COVID protocol list. They are now the fifth NHL team to have had Everything shut down for at least a week, joining the New Jersey Devils, the Minnesota Wild, the Vegas Golden Knights, who are back in action tonight, as well as the Buffalo Sabres, whose head coach has been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. And they have about five players on their list, hence Boston's 
games on Saturday and Monday being postponed. They'll be back in action on Wednesday, I believe, against the New York Rangers. The NHL has revised its COVID-19 protocols as the number of players on the list grew to 40 in recent days. Glass panels have been removed from behind the team benches to allow for better airflow. Players aren't allowed at the arena until one hour and 45 minutes prior to the game unless they're being treated for injuries. And all team meetings must be virtual. Players must also be seated six feet apart in the dressing room. Some players aren't happy about these restrictions on the time. Perhaps they like to be at the rink, you know, well in advance of game time. And uh, the league seems unwilling to bend given the sharp rise of late in COVID cases among players and coaches. And if this continues, we could be heading for a complete pause, which would be uh, pretty unfortunate to be sure. And again, our Bruins, two games postponed this weekend. After tonight, they'll be back in action against the New York Rangers in Manhattan on Wednesday the 10th, and then playing the Rangers and Islanders back-to-back next Friday and Saturday, both on the road. Before I get to my chat with the hosts of Locked on Flyers, let's talk for a moment about betonline.ag. Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. NHL and the NBA are in full swing. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action with the best odds in the business. Use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can also visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore ag on social media to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for that free account. Use promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even gas caps. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, so like we previewed in the start of the show, we have Ian from Locked On Bruins joined with us. Ian, thanks for coming on. No problem. Nice to talk to you both again. It's been a while. It has been, but honestly not for our teams. So so jumping on here, you know, yesterday's episode, I have I was pretty bitter. I'm not going to lie um, for Wednesday night's game. 
you know, for me, it felt like the Flyers gifted this game to the Bruins, partially due to all the penalties they took uh, in the third period. Um, so how would you assess this this game or how would you assess Wednesday night's game? Or in Rachel's words, uh, would you say the Bruins won the game or the Flyers lost the game? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, it was an encouraging start for the Bruins. The fact that they scored 12 seconds in, in uh, the two previous games against Washington, they had gone down three nothing in each of those games. They managed to uh, push one to overtime where they lost, and then they won the other in regulation. Uh, so it was nice to see them get a lead. Uh, still, they obviously went down three one and. You know, I don't think the Bruins played badly. I, I talked on my podcast about just looking at kind of both teams' underlying numbers, and they kind of held true in this game. Boston had the advantage uh, in terms of shot attempts. Uh, they're currently ranked third in the NHL. I think the Flyers are, yeah, dead last when it comes to Corsi, uh, you know, yeah, shot attempts differential. not good. <laughs> yeah, so... In a sense, I, I didn't think the Bruins played poorly. Obviously, the lack of discipline on the Flyers and in the third period certainly helped to get the extra attacker out there. Uh, the four-on-three in overtime, uh, the Bruins made that look relatively easy. But um, the Flyers, yeah, they're still a great team. I, I tweeted during the game that uh, I was annoyed that the Flyers finally have a goalie because Carter Hart was making making some pretty great saves and making other shots on net look pretty easy to stop, and that was kind of frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Bruins won, won the game in the sense that they had the edge in possession, kind of suffered from a bit of bad luck early on. David Pasternak had another glorious opportunity in the, in the first period that – he couldn't quite cash in on. So, um, yeah, I think it kind of played out to be expected in the end where it was a close game. But uh, I do think that overall Boston is the better team in the, in the early going here this season. Yeah, we talked on our show definitely about how Carter Hart was – a bright spot in the game yeah. for the Flyers in terms of, you know, taking away a lot of opportunities and making a lot of really key saves and not being entirely responsible for some of the goals that, that went in. So mm -hmm. we would definitely agree on that front, but yeah. you know, ob obviously when we talked about the game, we focused more on how the individual Flyers were performing and, you know, collectively as a team, um, from your perspective, like what were the Bruins doing well or not so well in the game? I mean, they definitely had some pretty um, questionable defensive moments. I, I'm thinking specifically of the Jacob Voracek goal where our own Jacob Zborl kind of chased the puck down in the defensive zone and played it very weakly behind the net, allowed the Flyers to... Uh, keep it in the zone and eventually led to a goal. So that, that wasn't great. Um, I, I didn't think the fourth line for the Bruins looked very good. This game was won largely by Boston's first line that's been reunited here in the last few games. 
uh, Bergeron and Pasternak each had four points and, you know, Pasternak proved to be kind of the game breaking talent that, that we all know that he is. Um, yeah, I thought there were some spotty defensive moments. Uh, I don't think Tuka Rask was exceptionally strong last night either, uh, or sorry, on Wednesday night, but, um, yeah, overall, that's pretty much my biggest uh, biggest concern was was the fourth line uh, that didn't play very well and and a couple defensive miscues for sure that allowed uh, that Voracek goal, the Joel Farabee goal as well, I think was caused off a turnover. Uh, and uh, the Bruins could have tightened up defensively for sure and, and given the offense more of a chance to to get the team ahead in the in the first couple of periods. So you you pretty much touched on my the question I was originally going to ask about you know what the Bruins weren't able to do um, to find success. So let me let me ask you about Pasternak because you brought it mm-hmm. up about how this team has been able to overcome deficits in this third period, and now with Pasternak, I mean he is truly that game breaking talent. Um, in your opinion, what do you think the Flyers have to do to try and contain Pasternak? who honestly just seems like he's on a mission right now. I know. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, Boston Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy, after the game on Wednesday, he said those exact words that Pasternak seems like he's on a mission. Uh, You know, he had that offseason surgery. He came back. uh, He wasn't scheduled to come back until the 14th or the 15th. That was the original timeline. Uh, He was able to come back a bit earlier. And again, the fact that the Flyers took those penalties uh, at the end of the third period, it helped to have the six on four with uh, Tuka Rask pulled to get Pasternak some extra space to work with where he batted that puck in. And then the four on three is, again, he kind of drew the defense towards him and he sent it into Bergeron who had a that glorious opportunity in overtime that that he ended up burying on the rebound um so yeah he just really makes it so that the defensive team is really focusing on him you can't leave him alone you can't give him any space he can get off a shot that's you know pretty on point almost uh, any time he gets a bit of time and space to do so and it really just, yeah, makes the opposition key in on him and allows Bergeron and Marshawn some extra space as well. And what's amazing about Pasternak is that he has really committed to playing a solid kind of two-way game. He's, he's benefited from playing with the likes of Bergeron and Marshawn in that he's become more of a complete player. So um he's really giving it 110% every shift both ends of the ice and is doing kind of those little things to help the team win that he didn't necessarily do as a younger player kind of you know uh being careful not to go offside or making that extra attempt at a stick lift to get the puck back in the neutral zone things like that so that's uh kind of what helped last night and you know, certainly just uh, his ability to, yeah, just seemingly put the puck wherever he wants uh, really stood out for the Bruins last night. But, you know, uh, yeah, 
if it wasn't for those penalties, would he have had those glorious opportunities? Maybe not. Um, and that's, I don't know, something that uh, the Flyers will have to address, obviously, in advance of tonight's game. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. Some have nuts, some don't. So make sure to pick and choose wisely if you have a nut allergy. They're all gluten-free, which is important for me as someone with celiac. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. But it's not just a delicious treat. You can also lose or maintain weight because it's great for the health-conscious person. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high in fiber. And right now, go to BuiltBar.com and you can use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, you can join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that line to me is kind of unfair. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, just watching them play, <laughs> I think, you know, just for me as a fan, for some reason, with Boston sports, I cannot allow myself to enjoy good performances <laughs> like that in the way that I can with some other teams. But I'm trying really hard because I do recognize yeah. that they are that good and you know do create those kind of opportunities it's interesting what you say about Pasternak becoming more of a complete player because I would absolutely mm-hmm. agree with that I know I noticed that particularly a couple of times during the game and I think that's part of why that line works so well together is because they have similar instincts right yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous like there was a lot of Boston people wondering if Patrice Bergeron was finally gonna slow down a bit this year or if you know your very own Sean Couturier. He won the Selkie trophy last year. It was seen as maybe Bergeron's last chance to, to set the record for the most wins for that award. Uh, But he has 15 points in 10 games so far this season. If he won't maintain that pace, obviously, but if he did, even in the 56 game season, he'd be on pace to set a career high in points. Uh, So it just goes to show you kind of how, how great he is playing. Um, certainly from a Flyers perspective, it would have been nice to have Couture in there. I'm sure you, you would agree to, to kind of curb that, to curb that loss. Is that something that has been felt pretty, pretty big over the last several games without him? Or um, do you think they've been able to kind of withstand his absence so far? I mean, I, I would say it's definitely been felt particularly because the team has had some defensive weaknesses mm-hmm. and there's been, and, you know, Eileen Vigneault has said this point blank that the forwards are not supporting the defensemen mm-hmm. properly. And so I think that with Sean Couturier in the lineup, that changes a lot. Right. Because that that's a whole line that's going to have a defensive minded mindedness to them that, 
the team just doesn't always have right now. And again, sure. you know, especially with our third pairing being such a mess, I think no matter who it is at the moment, <laughs> yeah. th- that it um, it is definitely sorely missed, especially against a team like the Bruins, where I, I feel like he is a huge difference maker in stopping that top line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would uh, real quick. I just would agree with Rachel, and I mean, she pointed mm-hmm. out yesterday on <clears throat> on our episode is that like if Sean Couturier was in the lineup, no way our fourth line would have been out against the top line at the start of the game, right. and no way that that first goal would have happened that quickly. Like if right, Couturier yeah. was on that on the <laughs> ice, and and it's crazy because uh, Wednesday night's game was one of their best games so far this season, and the mm-hmm. fact that they just kind of I don't know just took all those penalties to just kind of null null that is just right so frustrating yeah yeah it's interesting that that you mentioned uh kind of the forwards supporting the defense that is something that i think the Bruins excel at and that uh, bruce cassidy has really i mean that's a big reason why he won the jack adams last season it's a big reason why the bruins have been Pretty good so far this season, despite losing Zdeno Chara and Tori Krug, is the fact that uh, they play, no matter what line it is, the forwards are always uh, supporting the defensemen uh, in whatever uh, way that they can. So, you know, I mentioned the young Jacobs Borrell earlier. They have Jeremy Lozon, uh, who's, who's also very young. Even Charlie McAvoy, who's the number one, he's only 23, 24. And so they count on Patrice Bergeron on the first line, David Krejci on the second line, Charlie Coyle on the third line, playing down the middle and like coming back to help those young defensemen and kind of set the tone that way. So um, I think we'll see that probably again tonight's game and throughout the season. Just that's a big reason why Boston has been so so successful so far this season is that kind of total team defense and if you don't have that yeah you you could be you could be sunk pretty quick or or taking bad penalties late in the games uh because you're kind of caught flat-footed or or going backwards and that certainly was the difference there on Wednesday for sure do you think that uh, the Bruins will make any lineup changes for tonight's game or do you think we'll see the same lines and and who do you think will be in net uh i i think cassidy already said that rask is gonna get uh the start again because they have they were supposed to play saturday back home uh, against the sabers but that game has been postponed uh, because of buffalo's covid issues so i think he's gonna go back to rask for uh tonight's game i don't think there will be the only one change that could happen would be like a really minor move, like uh, taking out Anton Bleed, who you probably didn't even notice was playing last night and replacing him with, with uh, winger Carson Kuhlman. Uh, they could have possibly tried to get Matt Grizzlick or Jake DeBrusque back in the lineup, but uh, they're not going to rush them back. And it's just complicated these days to kind of get players to a different city for, for one game. So uh, I think that will probably be the possibly the only difference. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see at 
at the morning skate, how that plays out. What what about the Flyers? Are there any um, expected lineup changes for for this one? We talked about it a bit. Uh, I mean, nothing came out so far of yet. Um, but uh, I told Rachel in, in yesterday's episode, I wouldn't be surprised if NAK um, takes uh, takes a seat this game just because mm-hmm. um, of that penalty last game. And he's been taking right. a lot of penalties. But then again, he throws a lot of hits, which yeah, he has that one. So we might still see him um, in the lineup. But that's the only one that I can think of. He leveled somebody who I think it was it might have been Zboro that he leveled behind the net on Wednesday. That was uh, that was pretty impressive for sure. Yeah, they've been uh, rotating the third defensive pairing a little bit uh, again, just because it's been so unsuccessful. But I, I do think they're going to keep Eric Gustafson in the lineup again mm. um, because. He did actually have a couple good moments in the game, and he's trying to figure out how to keep his game a little bit more stable and be more defensive-minded, which sounds weird for a defenseman, but that's Eric Gustafson for you. (laughs) Right, yeah. And so I think that in order to keep the steady improvement which is what Alain Vigneault has said has been happening, you know, according to his observation. Some people might disagree, but that's what <laughs> AV says, uh, that to give him another consecutive game is probably how they'll go. But, right. you know, you never know. We we could be seeing Robert Haig back in the lineup. Um, I was just asking, yeah, about about Shane Gostas Bear and how he started the season on the COVID protocol seemed a bit out of favor with the Flyers in the offseason, and he was a guy that I kind of had an eye on if the Bruins were looking to target a left-hand shot. He was on a pretty decent contract. Uh, has he kind of reestablished himself in the Flyers' defensive rotation, or is he still kind of uh, iffy long-term with the Flyers? You know, Shane Gossespierre is such an interesting player with the Flyers. <laughs> I, I... You know, if before this season, I would have said, yeah, that he's definitely a trade chip to mm-hmm. to help solidify that top defensive pairing. But now, I mean, I will say Wednesday night's game was probably the his roughest game so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he's playing he's playing against David Pasternak. He's playing mm-hmm, against right. that top that top line. So, you know, I I do think that he's kind of put himself back into favor with the team. Now, I don't know what Chuck is thinking at this time and what deals might be made, but as of right now, I think he's kept his his spot on that top line with or that top pair with Ivan Provorov, which is wild to see mm-hmm. because in the summer we would have never thought that, especially with mm, right. you know him looking good in in, in training camp and then being uh, sat because of COVID. So, it's just a wild ride with Shane and that and that's truly how it's been for a while mm. now. Did he actually uh, test positive for COVID or was it just a quarantine issue or, or do we know about that? I believe he did. He did test positive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to see now the, all these positive cases coming into the East division for sure. Like the devils are just decimated right now. I'm increasingly getting concerned about whether or not they're actually going to be able to finish the season, but hopefully or, or so far. Yeah. The Bruins have been relatively, um, relatively clear, which is, which has been good to see. And the Flyers, I think, too, have been have been pretty good. Gossespierre aside, I think 
Yeah, and it was it's so crazy because just right now, uh, or earlier yesterday, it came out that um, the Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. COVID and was isolating in January, and he's he's fine now. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's crazy the amount of people. Thankfully, like you said, the Flyers. It just seems to be those two so yeah. far. But I mean, just look at what happened with the Sabers and the Devils. So it it yeah. doesn't take much. Yeah, the Sabres coach tested positive, I saw, and pretty scary, pretty scary stuff for sure. Yeah, we were really worried, especially having played the Devils mm. so recently, and we were worried about the Bruins too. Yeah, right, yeah. So, you know, I think that at least with the information we have so far, the Bruins and the Flyers have been really lucky overall. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And like I said earlier, the Sabres being postpone it it saves the Bruins from playing back-to-backs which you know hockey wise is is uh nice to not have to fly back to Boston or however they were getting back and then have to play the next day that's uh nice and allows them again to to start give Tuka Rask the the second start instead of going back to Yaroslav Halak yeah and you know we'll see how the new protocols that they're trying to institute right play out with you know removing the glass and having less in-person time together but yeah right. it's uh interesting times as we always mm-hmm. say is um is carter hart likely to to start again or will they go to to brian elliott you know i don't know for sure i would put carter hart in because again mm-hmm. i thought he played really well and it would be a good opportunity for him to play you know, it's obviously not back to back. There's a day of rest in between and, you know, against top competition, it's important for him to keep seeing that. So I would put Carter Hart in, but, you know, would not be shocked in any way if it's Brian Elliott because mm-hmm. they seem to be doing that. Right, right. So, yeah, I think that that's that's it on our end. Uh, Anna, I don't know if you have any more questions. Yeah, um, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah, that was good. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Yeah, no problem. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun to catch up. Maybe we could try something before the outdoor game, too. Might be good. Yeah. Oh, my. I completely forgot about the outdoor (laughs) game. And then they they (laughs) said it on TV. And it was while the Flyers were down getting, like, trounced Uh, by Boston. I was like, you're kidding me. Yeah. Yeah, Either before or after. It might be good to to recap it or to to preview it or something like that. That'd be fun. 